warning signs. What if life came with a set of gauges to let you know the actual status of how things are going in your life? Not only a gauge, but also a message center to call your attention to one of the gauges that is totally out of range. So on the screen, we have a picture of the dashboard of my Tahoe as I was coming home from work a few weeks ago. And this yellow light came on the left side of the dash. And when this light came on, it was a warning sign. A warning sign to me as I was coming down the Dubway Highway and coming home that something needed some attention. And in thinking about this and just pondering and praying, God says this is the message series for Bethesda to give you some warning signs. And that's what we're going to do in the next few weeks. We're going to go through some issues that's going on in life today that we are living, actually where we're at, and we're going to look at this set of gauges like it's our life. How many feels like maybe this gauge cluster up on the board right now is a picture of your life? That you feel like you're out of gas, you're wore out, don't know how much farther you can make it. If that's the message center and what it's reading to you today, this message is for you. Because God is going to speak to us and warn us about what's going on in our life and give us very clear direction on how to change that. How many would like some change in your life? A lot of people doesn't like change. I like change. I enjoy change. I look forward to change. I'm glad when God warns me and says, you're messing up, stop that and do this. Yesterday we went to Royal King and was up there and, and I, uh, we went through and got all of our stuff and they had a bucket and if you took this bucket and everything you put in the bucket, you got 10% off. If it fit in a bucket, you got 10% off. It's like, okay. We put all the stuff down in there and Leslie packed it and it was actually heaving over a little bit to the top and, and went up to the counter and set it up there and I, I went over and sat down because I was so tired, I was out of gas. After working all week, so I go over and sit down on the on the counter next to him. And I'm watching, and the guy was uh, ringing up our stuff. And I watched him, and, and I'd have got two pieces of gas hose for a vehicle mine that I'm going to change the gas hoses on. And as I look at this gas hose, I put the little rings on the end of uh, the clamps, C clamps on the end of it, hose clamps. And whenever he rings it up, he just runs through the price of the hose clamp. Now, sitting there and watching this, and in human nature, we think, I could get by without paying for that hose right now. That's what, that's what the enemy tries to put in your mind. I can get by without paying for this hose right now. I sat there about half a second, and I said, no, I'm not. And I got up and walked over to the guy, and I'd taken a picture of the actual tag off of the thing where I bought the hose, the reel I pulled off of, and I cut it. And I walked over and I said, here's the price amount per foot for this 3 8 hose. Here's the price and amount for this 5 16 hose. And he rang me up for two feet each because that's what I had laying on the counter. Warning signs like that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, that is wrong, do what is right. So as God gives us these warning signs, it should be an everyday occasion in our life where that we can feel the Holy Spirit tugging at our heart saying, do the right thing. Amen? No matter what circumstance, what situation is going on, do the right thing. So this video that we watched of these, this uh, parable that Jesus was teaching to his disciples right before he was getting ready to be... Uh, crucified on the cross he's giving them some warning signs because they asked him how will we know when the son of man is coming how we know when you're going to return Jesus he's telling them I'm going to wait to my father to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also John 14 and he's telling them these things this he, they say well how do we know where you're going and how do we know when you're going to come back so Jesus tells them this parable the parable of the ten virgins it's in Matthew chapter 25, and he writes down and he tells them this parable that where that there's five foolish and five wise. I don't know which camp you want to be in, but I want to be in the wise camp. How about you? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get a little, get a little wisdom. 
Jesus is trying to teach you something. He's he's up in your grill right now trying to tell you there's some problems going on here. Amen? You need a warning sign right now. You need a message center for Jesus to say you're out of gas. You're running out of fuel. Alert, alert. Something's going on in your life that doesn't need to be going on and you need to give up a few things so that you can... You can pay attention to those eternal things that you're supposed to be paying attention to anyway. Amen? If you want to know why you're out of gas, it's because you're wasting your gas going somewhere you ain't supposed to be going. You're wasting your gas on stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And in life, if you feel like you're overwhelmed and overcome, today is the day to give up and say, God, I'm tired of going where I'm not supposed to be going, and I'm ready for you to change directions for me. Give me the coordinates of where I'm supposed to go. You know what the coordinates are going to be? He's going to say you need to go to heaven. Amen? You need to make heaven your home. That's Jesus' desire for your life, is for you to overcome things in this world and live in eternity in total peace in his kingdom. So as Jesus has given them these warning signs, he said there's five foolish and five wise. So they go out to to see the bridegroom, and they're waiting, and, and as they wait and begin to tarry, night comes on. And Jesus talks often at the end of his his life here, the, most of the chapters in the gospel are within the last two weeks of his life. So he gives us plenty of warning signs about what's going to happen. In one place he says that the world will wax worse and worse. That the love of many will wax cold. If you want to know what the end times is going to look like on this planet called earth, if you want to know a warning sign to know when the end is near, watch for love to run cold. Wait for that time where that where that love is no longer a, 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 a vibrant part of people's lives, that they don't cherish family, that they don't cherish their community, that they don't look out for the betterment of society, that they're so inward focused that they do nothing for anybody else, but everything is about me. You want a warning sign today about why you're out of gas? Jesus is telling you, you're wasting your time on the wrong things. We need warning signs. I need warning signs. Do you? So in Jewish custom, as Jesus was teaching about this parable of this wedding feast, every Jewish person alive that was following Jesus at that time knew exactly what he was talking about. They had been to multiple weddings. We know earlier on that Jesus attended the the wedding feast that it tells us earlier in the Gospels. That he went to some of his family, some of his friends' wedding. And he went there. You remember where the, where the, the wine ran out and just the first miracle of Jesus that he goes over and he tells them to fill the pots. And when they fill the pots, Jesus just looks at them and speaks over them. And it, instantly it turns to wine. It's the first miracle of Jesus. This is a wedding. And actually, if you go even farther back, if you want to look at the very first picture of Jesus in the, the Gospels, you'll see that Mary and Joseph were betrothed, right? Waiting on the wedding. And here you are at the very last moments of Jesus' life on this planet called Earth. He's getting ready to be crucified, and what's he talking about? A wedding. Marriage is important. I said marriage is important. If Jesus put this much focus, this much attention on marriage, how much more should we? So as Jesus has given us a warning sign, maybe today your warning sign is watch your marriage. Be cautious, be careful, because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has given you a warning sign today and saying, wake up, watch your marriage. So as this is happening, these five foolish and five wise, in, in a Jewish custom of, of, the, of the wedding, they would go and the bridegroom and the, and the bride-to-be would get together and they would, they would be betrothed. This is what uh, Mary and Joseph was that you see in, the, in, in Matthew chapter 1, that they're betrothed to each other. That means they were taking. More or less, in our t- today's culture, it means you're engaged. 
So when I get engaged to Leslie, I take and I give her the one ring, an engagement ring, saying I will get married. So it's a sign to everybody else in the community that she is engaged, right? So if you're betrothed in a Jewish custom, they would put on a veil. So the young lady that was to be betrothed, to be married to somebody, she would put on a veil, and as she walked around in the community, they would know she's taken. That's going to be somebody else's wife. So as Mary was walking around, she would have had this veil on. They would have known she's taken. But in this whole stage of when they're taken, at the betrothal, it's, it's where the, the bridegroom comes and tells his wife-to-be and says, Look, I will marry you, but I can't right now. We don't have nowhere to live. So I'm going to go back, and in Jewish custom, they always built onto the side of their father's house. They would always go, and they would build onto the side of their father's house. And when they did, the place that they would build, it was up to the father to say when it's time for the bridegroom to go get his bride. Does that sound familiar to anybody? John 14, I go away to prepare a place for you. And I will return and receive you unto myself. This is a picture of the rapture, folks. It's an absolute picture of the rapture. Because Jesus is the bridegroom. We are the bride. And he's waiting on his father. as he's, He said, I go prepare a mansion. In my father's house, there's many mansions. I'm preparing rooms for my bride. But then he goes on and says, No man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man cometh, but the Father alone. It ain't up to the bridegroom to pick when he wants to come. It's up to the Father. And that's exactly what Scripture teaches. And when he comes, the Bible also says that he'll come as a thief in the night. You don't know. So the warning sign for us today is to be ready. To be ready for Christ's return. It, it, it's imminent is what they teach us in, in theology school. They teach you to say that it's always imminent. It's, it's right now. It could happen this very next second. And if it would happen this very next second, are you ready? Have you been gossiping? Have you been living a double lifestyle? Have you been doing things that you shouldn't be doing and the Holy Spirit's been giving you warning signs and saying don't do that and you continue to do it? Is there something going on in your life where that Jesus is speaking to you and giving you these warnings and you just keep on saying, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that later. I'll put that off and I'll deal with that next week. You come to church week after week after week and God is speaking to your heart and declaring to you that you need to make things right with God. And you can feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you and you say, I won't do it this week. I'll wait till next week. I'll just put that off a little bit longer. That's not being ready. And in this parable, it's that you would be in the foolish category of the, of the, of the of virgins here. A foolish virgin will not be ready when they come and scream, the bridegroom's coming, he's coming. And the Bible tells us that in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment, that he will come and the archangel will, will blast a trumpet and, and the dead in Christ shall raise first. It says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. It tells us that we're going to get called out that those that sleep, that are asleep, that they will rise first and then we that which are alive and remain will go up and will meet our Savior in the air. The rapture of the church is going to happen, folks. The warning signs are here. They're all around us. Love is it's, it's, it's scarce today. The love of many has waxed cold. I know some people that used to do anything for anybody that their love is so cold that they won't do nothing but stuff for themselves, me included. And what if it's a warning sign today that God's saying, Wake up. Awaken out of slumber, you should sleep. For the time of his coming and appearance is closer now than when we first began. That's what it says in Romans. Awake out of your slumber. Somebody in this room needs to wake up today. It's a warning sign. And Jesus is beckoning your heart today and saying, it's a warning. Wake up. 
The rapture is imminent. It's, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen sooner than you think. Don't think that you're going to put this off till tomorrow. Don't think that you can wait till next week. And whatever's going on in your life right now, the reason you feel like you're running out of gas, it's time to change today. Today is the day of salvation. Choose you this day whom you will serve. That's what Scripture teaches us. Today is the day we need to change our life. Because God is warning us. You're not going to be able to stand before Him and say, I didn't know. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to stand before God and say, Pastor Ben never said anything about a rapture. Pastor Ben didn't warn me about these things that I was doing in my life. Pastor Ben didn't say, because God is speaking through these lips right now, telling you and warning you. This is not me. God is speaking to us. He's warning Pastor Ben as well. Because my life needs to change direction. And if I feel like my gas tank is empty, then God is warning me today, it wasn't just my physical gas tank in the Tahoe coming home from work. It was my spiritual gas tank, Ernie, when I was driving home that day, and he's saying, you've been doing too many things that's not kingdom building. You've been doing too many things and worrying about too many other things that's not my will in your life. Will anybody else heed this warning with me today? Is there anybody else here that will say, Pastor Ben, I feel the very same way, and I feel like God has been telling me, I need to shape up. It's time for change in my life. I can feel like that God is telling me, and He's warning me, and I've been hearing these warnings, but I've not done anything with them because I didn't know. But this message today is for me. Is there anybody here that will say, yes, that's me? I needed this message today. I need a warning from God. And he's speaking to me today to tell me, make things right today. Amen. Rapture. Warning signs. The five foolish didn't have enough oil. Didn't have enough oil. They had enough oil to get over and lay down to where they was going to go to sleep. But in the middle of their slumber, the oil ran out and the flame died. How many Christians in this room right now say, I have sensed God warning me that my life is not what it used to be when I began this walk with Jesus. And I feel like I fell over and went to sleep. But today's the day that God's saying, I'm going to pour out my oil upon you. You remember the widow's might? You remember the widow in the Old Testament that had her son laying there and had the cruise of oil and they told the, the prophet come through and told her to get all, all the vessels that you can get in your home and whenever you get all those vessels, begin to pour that oil out. You remember this? Pour the oil out and it'll fill till the very last vessel. That you have. I feel like God is saying today. There's fixing to be some oil. Poured in your life. And as much room as you make for him. He'll fill it. How many vessels do you have Bubba? How much room are you going to give God? I ask you to give him everything. Bubba I remember. I remember Mary Bubba standing up and crying with tears running down his face. Talking about how much Jesus loved him and how much he loves Jesus. I want that back, Bubba. Do you? You going to give God room and say, here it is. Here it is, God. I'm not calling Bubba out. It's all of us. It's every person in this room can do more for the kingdom of God. God is fixing to change some things in this room. What are we going to do? I spent last night writing this to put it in perspective for us today. Because this is something we can all really look at. So I wrote this 
parable down that Jesus taught in a story that I can understand. And I feel like it's a story maybe that you can understand. So this is today's words for that parable. What if you bought a $50 set of tickets to the World Dirt Track Championship Race at PRP next month? Portsmouth Raceway Park is going to have a race next month. It's the World Championship. So you get $50 for this set of tickets to go. Okay? Follow me? But when the evening comes to go to the race, you jump into your car and find out that there's a warning sign that you're out of gas. When you start the car, it actually sputters and dies. It's not just a warning. You are completely out of gas. And by all this happening, you're not able to get to the race. Your neighbors have all went to the race. Your family has went. They're already there. They was prepared. They had gas. So you light out on foot and head down to the gas station running on foot with a five-gallon jug, and you run as fast as you can to get there, and, and you get there to, with this gas jug, and you, you pump in the gas and run in and pay the cashier, and, and you grab the jug, and you take off running back to your house on foot because you're out of gas. You return home, and you pour it into your car, but when you get in to start it, you find out that you had left the key on last time, and now the battery is dead. So you run over to your neighbor's house and to borrow their battery charger only find out they're not home because they're at the racetrack and their garage is locked. This is kind of like a conundrum, isn't it? So you run on foot back to the other neighbor's house to borrow theirs and you walk into their garage and you actually find their battery charger sitting there that they'd left out and, and you take it and you take off back towards your house with their battery charger. And when you get to your house, you're sitting there looking at your car that you'd poured this gas into, that you were out of gas. The hood is up because the battery was dead. And you get this battery charger off the neighbor, and you, you clamp it on there, and as you, you clamp on the, the, the cables, and then you look, and, and you don't have extension cord, so you run and, and looking for your extension cord, and you're panicking, and you're, you're, you're frantic, and you're trying to get there, and you're doing everything you can to make this happen. And when you do finally find your extension cord, you'll see that it's laying in the grass, wallowed over through the middle of the yard, and you'd ran over it the last time you mowed grass with your lawnmower. Does this feel like anybody's life? So you get this extension cord up that's cut in two, and you think, oh, no, now I have to splice it. So, so you're going to splice it, and you grab your knife, and you, you peel it back, and you, you get the wires, and you try to wire them together, and it won't work because you've got to have some black tape to tape up this splice. But then you think, I can't find any electrical tape because you start looking around and your garage is a mess and stuff is laying on top of everything else and, and nothing's in order and it's just your life is so hectic that everything is a big pile of garbage, basically. This is the story of my garage. I'd hate to have to find a roll of black tape when I go home. So finally, after you turn over boxes and look and dig around for about a half hour, you finally come up with this little half row of black uh, electrical tape, and, and, and you start to look at it, and, and, and this roll of black tape you've used several times, and it's got oil on it, and it's just mess, and it's really not going to work real well, but you go ahead and you roll it up, and you, you splice that extension cord, and you finally get it taped together. Because you're in such a rush in all your life and dealing with all these things. And I wrote down stuff like boats and, and classic cars and, and four-wheelers and razors and campers and, and everything that we have in our life that just causes us to run rampant all the time. And, and, and we, we've recently become kayakers. I don't even like kayaking. don't even want nothing to do with it, but I have a kayak. Happy wife, happy life. 
It's not terrible. These things are not bad, and there's nothing wrong with wanting your wife to be happy. So as this is happening, this story is going on, and, and finally you get the core together, and you, you run into your garage, and you, you jab it in the electrical outlet, and you, you're getting ready to think, yeah, we're getting ready to get this thing started here. And when you do, you look at it in the outlet that you plug into it, and you go out and you hit start on the, on the battery charger only to find out it doesn't work. Then instantaneously you remember, oh, yeah, that was the, that's the plug-in that's on that breaker that blew up a month ago that I never did go near another breaker. So then you grab the cord and pull it out of the wall, and then you run over and you have to run in the house to open up one of the bedroom windows and run the cord through the bedroom window and plug it in the wall where there's some power, and you finally get it plugged in. You finally get the battery charger on and started and ready where it's charging the battery. Whenever you go out to get back and look at the car, it's not one of these fancy battery chargers. This is one of the slow, gradual, ticking battery chargers. So as you sit there and wait, you're so impatient to get to the races that you turn the key on, you think maybe it'll start. And you do this, and it goes click, 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 click. And you continue to do this every five minutes, just every time you think, well, maybe it's, maybe it's been long enough now. I'm, I'm so impatient. I've got to get to those races that it's click, 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 click. And by being impatient, you're actually making the process longer. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall have wings as eagles. They will fly and they will soar. What if God is speaking to us today? So finally, when your car starts, you're like, yeah. You don't get out and roll up the cord. You just get out and throw the battery cables off, slam the hood, and tear out of your driveway heading for PRP because you're going to go watch the Dirt Track World Championship race. You get $50 for these tickets. When you get up there to the Dirt Track World Championship and you get up there and pull and you're coming through Portsmouth and come across the bridge and you're driving across that bridge and you head down and go down towards 2nd Street and when you get down through there, there's the, the gate that goes off the edge of the road, right, that goes down to the track. Everybody know what I'm talking about? There's cops set up blocking the entrance. So you wheel your car in. It's dark. Finally got my car ready. And you pull in, the cop says, well, they shut down the entrance because the race is getting ready to start, and they told us not to let anybody else in. So you being the cool, collect, calm, very patient person you are, start to argue with the cop. It's a female cop. Well, if you don't let me in the race, give me my $50 back. I want my $50. Cop looks at you, sir, ma'am, please leave. I demand my $50 back because I spent the money to get in this race. I'm here and you won't let me in. Give me my $50 back. You're getting impatient. The cop's getting impatient. The cop gets on the radio, calls for backup. Got an issue over here at PRP. There's this lady over here, she's arguing with me, and I need backup. Another cop wheels in. By that time, it's escalated to the point of where you're physically screaming and hollering at the cop. I want to end the race, or I want my $50. And you're so mad that you say something you shouldn't. You say that you're fixing to hurt somebody. So because of the landmark and the way that society is going today, if you make a threat against anybody, they've recently changed the laws now, Ernie, to say if you threaten anybody, it's terroristic threatening. So they put handcuffs on you, and they put you in the back of the cruiser, and they take you to the jail, and they lock you up, and the judge comes in, does his sentencing on the spot, terroristic threatening because of body cameras, automatically life in prison. And you can sit in that prison cell and blame everybody you want. 
You was the one that cut your cord. You was the one that didn't have your breaker fixed. You was the one that let your car run out of gas sitting in the driveway. 99.9% of the fault comes back home. But you'll be sitting there in that jail cell blaming the cop that wasn't letting you in the racetrack. You'll be blaming PRP because they come up with this stupid rule that I couldn't come into the track. You'll blame the governor. You'll blame society for coming up with this rule about terroristic threatening. And I'm sitting here because it's everybody else's fault. None of it's mine. Here's your warning sign for today. The reason you're out of oil is because you quit going to the well. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. You want to know the reason your vessel is dry today? It's because you're no longer praying like you used to pray. You're no longer reading like you used to read. You're no longer witnessing like you used to witness. You're no longer loving on people that are hurting, broke, busted, and disgusted in life like you used to. It's not God's fault that we're dry. Because I assure you, he's got enough oil to go around. Lest he complain. Jesus told parables so people could understand. He didn't hide any information. He was very open. These people that he was talking to that night and telling them the parable of the five wise and the five foolish, they knew what he was saying. They knew what a marriage feast was like in Jewish custom. And they knew everything that Jesus was talking about. The story I told you about PRP, I think you can I think you can play that out and know exactly where I was going with our whole story. Because it sounds like your life. You can go to my house right now today and there's an extension cord running out of our garage, across our sidewalk, up and around the bank, and running back down to the campus. My garage has got boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff. A while back, I searched for half a day looking for stuff in our garage because nothing's put up, nothing's in place. Just yesterday, I was working on my truck, and I had all these tools out, and I was there and working on the truck and was in, in a hurry. People was coming over. We was going to go hang out with some people from church and try to try to be do what we're supposed to do there's going to be the house I'm greased I got grease from head to toe it's all over my hands I'm dirty stinky people's coming over I'm in a hurry Missy I was standing there and I had this I had to hold both hands full of tools finally I just put them like this and just held them and got them all because I wanted to carry one one time to go in the garage in the barn. And I was going in, and this happens every time that I work on something, that I'll go in and straighten my toolbox up about once or twice a year and get all my sockets in them, in a drawer, all the pliers in Brandon's looking at me and smiling. There's the pliers are in their drawer, screwdrivers are in their drawer, get everything straightened up once or twice a year. But when I go work on stuff, if I would just go back in at that very moment, Bubba, put the screwdrivers where they go, put the sockets where they go, put the pliers where they go. It's real easy to do it just right then. Don't take me two minutes longer to do it right than to just throw them all in a drawer and let it clutter up everything. So I was doing this yesterday and in a big hurry, I was walking toward that garage door and it was like something spoke to me and said, put them up. Put them up. So I went into my toolbox, opened the top drawers where the screwdrivers are, I put every one of the screwdrivers in that drawer, Ernie. I closed the door. 
Open the next door, that's where the pliers go. I had needle nose, I had channel locks, I had wire strippers, had all these different tools, pliers. I put them in that drawer and lined them up, closed that drawer. Two more drawers down, that's where the 3 8 sockets are. Open the door, put all the 3 8 sockets in, get them all lined up, put the extensions where the extensions go, the ratchets where the ratchets go, close the drawer. Go to the bottom drawer, the tool, big toolbox, open the drawer, the first drawer, that's where the wrenches go. Put all my wrenches over here to the side that's standard and the metric over with the metric. Didn't take me another minute, two minutes at the most to do it right. The next time when I go get my socket, it's going to be where the sockets are. I feel this is a picture for our life. And God's warning you today, slow down. Take care of stuff in the moment when you know to, and he warns you. And if he's telling you today that your gas tank is empty, that you've got a low fuel light on, change right now. So stand with me if you will. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's some relationships at your work. Maybe it's a situation where you didn't treat somebody very kind at the grocery store. And God's telling you right now that you're going to go back and make that right. There's lots of scenarios that God can play out in your mind right now and telling you to take care of what I'm telling you to take care of. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes? everybody here to just pray this very simple prayer and just say Holy Spirit what are you warning me about today speak to me I will listen now I want you to open up your spiritual ears right now and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do Thank you, Heavenly Father, for speaking to us today in this place. Lord, there are some people in this room that's running on empty. Lord, they're heading down life's highway at a high rate of speed. But Lord, they, they know that you're warning them today and you flashed up this sign in front of them to tell them, you're going to run out of gas. And Lord, you're telling us to slow down and do the right things. Lord, you're telling us today to refuel. And Lord, you're telling us to come back home to you and let you fill our tanks, God. There's people in this room running on empty. And Jesus, you're speaking to them right now. Help us to see and know and hear your voice, God. Is there anybody here? Has everybody got your head bowed, your eyes closed? Is there anybody here that'll say, Pastor Ben, this warning sign message today was for me. I'm running on empty, and I want to be filled again. I'm ready for God to fill my tank once again. I'm ready to be full and overflowing with the presence of Jesus. Is there anybody here that raise your hand? 
Anybody say, this message is for me. I'm ready for God to fill my life. you come to this altar right now if you raised your hand I want to pray over you I want to anoint you with oil if you raised your hand just come forward we're going to pray
Thank you for coming up for prayer. God is at work. I can't wait to continue in this message series to see where God takes us and what he does. Today is the day of, of a new start, a new beginning. His spirit is at work. Heed his warning signs in your life. Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go out, love God, love people this week. Speak for God.